What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and in today's episode, I am joined by my good friend from down south, west by God, Virginia, Trey Kearns. We have a really good conversation lined up for you. Trey has recently tried saddle hunting for the first time this season. We talked to him about whether or not he is a believer in saddle hunting. We talk about his first impressions, thoughts before trying it and thoughts after trying it. I will say his thoughts before. Trey was a gigantic skeptic. He thought saddle hunting was, and I quote, a joke. So you'll have to stay tuned to find out how he feels about it now after using a saddle for a handful of sits this season. A couple quick housekeeping notes. There are some congratulations in order. Chad Sylvester, co-owner of Exodus, just killed an absolute mega giant in Kansas on the ground, five yards, crawling and brawling. If you want to hear that story, tune into the Trail Cam radio episode he just recorded with Clint. You'll get the full breakdown. Also, Jake, congratulations to you. Also, co-owner of Exodus, notched a tag on his very own ground in Illinois. Also, Jace, new hire here at Exodus, went down to Indiana for the firearm season and knocked down a great buck. His dad also had had some success. It's been a crazy November for us here at Exodus, and we couldn't be more thankful for all of you guys. If you have it in your heart, I would greatly appreciate it if you gave me a five-star written review on iTunes. It helps me out a ton. It helps me reach new listeners. So if you could please leave me a, a review, I would greatly appreciate that. And with that being said, let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone, I'm back in the saddle with my hunting partner, traveling partner, good friend, Trey Kearns. Trey, what's going on, man? Uh, Not too much, man. Just uh, trying to grind out the work week so I can get back in the stand. Well, you already killed 17 deer this year. What do you need to go hunting for? Oh, but when you live in West Virginia, you have those opportunities. So. <laughs> well, that's good, man. You've been having a hell of a year. We both have. Uh, it started started in North Dakota. We were together, and then your um, hot streak in Ohio continues. Yeah, yeah. Ohio's, uh, man, it's been like my lucky horseshoe. But, uh, no, it's gone, it's gone really well. I think um, – you know, North Dakota was, uh, a blessing in disguise. We kind of just went in blind and came out, you know, really successful. And, um, you know, um, you, you and I both know that we thoroughly enjoy traveling and just trying new areas. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. Where else have you been hunting this year? So, um, I went to North Dakota, opened up the year, uh, came back, went to Ohio. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I currently live in West Virginia. Um, it's where I grew up. I've hunted here um, a couple times with other people. Uh, for myself, I have not um, located a, a, a good deer that I wanted to target. Um, have some really good deer coming up, and then um, I always go up to Michigan um, and hunted there with my cousin. And then I stopped over on my way home and uh, did about a four-day stint in uh, Maryland. So finished there, and then came home and now back grinding the work week out to uh, get back in the woods hopefully here soon all kind of like vastly different hunts like 
North Dakota open country, Ohio, Rolling Hills, Michigan, some ag, and then the Eastern shore of Maryland. Like no one ever thinks about hunting whitetails there, but it kind of put you in different hunting scenarios and you had to use different gear and use different tactics. So that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. I want to go from, I don't know, like I, you and I are good friends. So I kind of know your transition and how you went through becoming more mobile than you already were. You already kind yeah. of hunted mobile. What was it? Um, two or three years ago, you kind of dialed in a hang on set, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really dialed in and, um, I just wanted to be more uh, mobile and versatile in my sets. I was getting to the point where, um, you know, I was seeing deer um, in certain locations where I was, depending on what farm I was at. And I would just have those set stands, whether it was a, a friend's farm, a family farm, or my own farm that I just, you know, was a great spot. But, you know, you know, when you have those deer that, you know, change direction or, you know, do something different or a doe takes them in a different direction, you have to be a little bit more mobile. And, um, that's kind of what I'm trying to hone in on right now and really dial in on, you know, from a year to year standpoint. Yeah. Uh, when you're hunting those areas and you have those preset stands, the, the problem I've always had with it is I think I'm in the right spot and then I'm 20 yards off or I'm 30 yards off and tearing that down and putting it back up. You're like, I don't want to make all this noise. I just want to be hunting. I don't want to be moving stands and stuff so that's kind of um the same reason i started to be more mobile what was your uh what was your first mobile setup like what was the stand and six you're running so the first mobile setup i had was xop vanish um that was a stand i felt like would be a great starter stand for me and i still run that stand um today i i feel like it's a great stand it's light um, I bought the, uh, backpack strap that attach on the bottom of the platform for it. So it was more, um, accessible for me. And then actually, um, that made it really good for me was, um, just making some modif modifications to that stand, which we can dial in on later, but, um, but yeah, I ran that. And then I ran the Hawk helium sticks. Uh, I felt like those were, um, and I'm, I'm fairly new into this over the last couple of years, but, um, the Hawk Helium sticks are still what I run today, but those were the first set of sticks that I began running with my XOP. Which it's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty standard baseline beginner mobile hunter set. Like the XOP stands pretty affordable. Those Hawk sticks yep. are like whatever, 130 bucks, for four of them, which if you're going to step into more expensive sticks, they're a hundred bucks a piece. So right. um, if you're, testing it out testing the waters like trying to get more mobile but you're you don't want to dive head first and spend a thousand dollars on a setup that's a great um that's a great setup to have and like you said you still run it today um it, it's a great stand great sticks there are better options but um, yeah I, I think at the end of this we'll kind of talk about where you're headed but go ahead and dive into those mods that uh that you that made it better for you that you made so i wanted to make i knew that um a couple other manufacturers out there had modifications that where you could fold your seat up and it could mm. create a shelf for your stand so i was actually talking to um dan bayas and uh we were talking about just how to make those modifications different and dan is um you know just a gear nut or 
you know, I guess he just likes doing a lot of things differently and trying different things. He likes building stuff, just very hands-on guy. So he told me to uh, try taking a, a U-bolt, cutting it in half or creating a J-hook is, is what he talked about. And then, um, you know, you're still going to have the, the brightness of the, the steel and that kind of thing. So I took um, uh, like a flex seal type of spray and made it like a rubber coating on that mm -hmm. J-hook and then kept the threaded end on the top half. So I could thread through that bat wing on the back of the stand and create that shelf for my seat so that it would not, and I would just take a wing nut and then thread it on top so that it would sit there as a shelf. Um, it was actually really, really functional and it worked great for me. Um, it still works great for me and I always keep it on there. And then it's actually pretty quiet as well once you spray it down. Um, and then I did wrap it uh, this past year um, in some uh, two-sided tape and some stealth strips. So um, just trying to make that uh, more functional for me. And then I wanted to make it to the point where I could carry my backpack and my um, my sticks a lot easier. So that's the modification I made for that scenario so that I could set my pack on there and then I could put my sticks on there. Now, we both know that those hawk helium sticks do not pack very well at all. No, that was so, going to be my next question. How, how did you actually pack those in? So instead of strapping them to my pack, because it would technically, if you ran them vertically, it would hit the bottom of the seat. So it was kind of a pain. So I would lay them horizontally in between the stand and my pack. Okay. Um, so it was kind of compressed in there. And then I would take a bungee cord and wrap it around my pack. So it compressed it against the, the um, shaft of the, of the stand. Sure. So that's the way I ran that. But um, it, it, it worked for some scenarios as far as like me, you know, uh, hunting some open terrain, um, like Michigan walking through ag fields and just getting in a tree. It wasn't a problem. It was heavy, but it was, it wasn't a problem as far as packability, but for me going into a thicker area or anything with some low lying brush, those hawk helium sticks, the full size are wide and they're wider than me and my pack. So uh, it caused a lot of problems for me trying to get in there. So eventually, if I knew I was going to a thicker area, I would probably just try to take them off and carry them in with my bow. Yeah, which is not the most efficient thing in the world. And my no. um, my like goal with this podcast and talking to people is like to make your setup more efficient because when you're efficient in the woods, you fill more tags. So you you were in that for two years or one year? I ran that for a year and a half. Yeah. One year about, I didn't run it that much this year. So I would say a year. Okay. So you're looking for a way to become more mobile, correct? You're like, okay, this works, yep. but it's still find yourself. It's a pain to tear down and the packability is not, it's not where I want it to be. So I know I talked to you and Hunter talked to you and we we're like, man, you probably should give saddle hunting a try. And what, so if you can think back, what were your initial thoughts on saddle hunting? What were your worries and why didn't you like buy in right away? My first thoughts were saddle hunting is a complete joke <laughs> and I'll be, <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. I thought it was the biggest joke in the world. I told everybody it was the biggest joke. Um, you know, I've, I've grown up for 25 years hunting out of a lock on stand 
climber ladder stand. And I thought, why in God's creation would I hang from a tree in a giant diaper? And I thought, there's, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to do that. And there's no way that's comfortable. So last year, we were actually in Ohio, and uh, Hunter got me to get in one of those things. And it completely... I mean, I still thought I felt like an idiot in it, but I, uh, I really thought, well, this ain't that uncomfortable at all. This is actually pretty comfortable. So, so was your um, main, was your main worry comfort? I think comfort and just the fact that me swinging around the tree, like a monkey, I thought, (laughs) because I initially, I didn't understand how hidden you could be, how mobile you could be in the tree how mobile you can be trying to get to your spot. I didn't understand all that. I initially just thought bullheaded, like that is a complete joke. There's no way it's just a gimmick. Like someone's just trying to make some money and that me hanging from a tree like that is not going to be uh, vital to me and beneficial to me moving you know, forward from a day-to-day mobile set. Sure. So that is, that is my honest first opinion of it. I thought it was a complete joke. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I wanted to hear because yeah. I think a lot of people think the same way that you're thinking right now, and a yeah. lot of it is due to the way that saddles are marketed. You see these pictures of guys hanging 20 feet away from the tree and all types of like weird form, like shooting positions, and you're like, you look like, like you said, like a damn monkey out there. You're yeah. never gonna kill a deer. You're gonna be seen. Um, but the benefits of saddle hunting in my opinion is the ability to keep that tree between you and the deer it adds extra cover um and if you have your setup dialed in i feel more comfortable in a saddle than i do in a lock-on there's a couple reasons for that um but the biggest reason for me is i don't like heights i don't I hunt from the ground a lot because I just flat out don't like being in the tree. You were with me and we had to hang that stuff in North Dakota. I was freaking out. And yeah, but what's nice with a saddle is I feel that I'm connected to that tree at all times. I'm not trusting yeah. the harness that I can't feel with a lock on stand, like the, the stand that you're like, okay, you have your harness on, but you don't feel that tension. Like you're connected as you do in a saddle. So that was one of the benefits for me. And also like the um, ability to keep the tree between you and the deer, you can hunt like way smaller trees than you can hunt with a lock on stand because you have that tree in the middle of you to break up your outline. So yeah, um, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear the skepticism and uh, just recently this year, you got a saddle set up. And what have been, um, what have been your impressions now? I want to talk to you about like how you feel about it today and what you have struggled with and, um, if you're going to continue to use it. So what, uh, what's your, what was your first impression, your first hunt, the first time you put the saddle on, you kind of got it dialed in, uh, were you still thinking like, man, this is never going to work or did you kind of start feeling it? Yeah. So the first time I put it on was in, you know, I told you I wore it with Hunter, but we were, you know, uh, a foot off the ground, just, just trying it on. So, I mean, I, I sat there and I was like, this isn't horrible. And that was the tethered phantom saddle, correct? 
Correct. That was a tethered phantom. Uh, that's what Hunter, I think, still runs currently. Um, and he really likes it. He runs his actually, which is one of the routes I thought about going is he runs Lyman's boots with it. So he climbs like a telephone pole um, kind of scenarios, how he does it. So he doesn't carry sticks in. Um, so Hunter packs in those um, Lyman shoes and he climbs the tree as high as he wants. That's definitely a, a, a pro about having those is he can go as high as he wants. Sure. Um, but the only downfall is you have to take them on and put them on at the tree. And when you get up in the tree, somehow you have to be nimble enough to take them back off. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so my first time putting it on, but just between myself and shooting is it was in the backyard. I wanted to make sure that I was dying, dialing it in before I went and tried to kill myself in a tree. So, um, I put it on in the backyard and I still thought, uh, my wife was actually in the backyard with me and, um, I, I told her she was going to have to be my golden retriever and go get my arrows. Cause I wasn't climbing back down and I'm hooking myself. So I got back up in the tree and, uh, I still to that, that point thought to myself, like, what in the heck am I getting into? Yeah. Because I, I was starting to shoot. And I thought to myself, like, I just don't feel solid because I was shooting at, a, I wanted to make sure I was shooting at some weird angles before I went anywhere. I didn't want to take the easy shot over your dominant side of the opposite side, you know, the left side of the tree since I'm right-handed. And I was like, I don't want to take those shots. I want to try to shoot some difficult shots. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to try to shoot behind me or off my back left shoulder. So I thought, okay, let's try those. And initially I thought, this is ridiculous. And I was really having a hard time doing it, but I just, you know, I have a temper problem. I was like, listen, I got to calm down. Like just try to slow myself down. I couldn't even tighten myself on <laughs> the tree. I called you and I was just like, Cameron, I'm pulling on this rope and it's not working. But initially I figured out you have to pull it, you know, put or push it technically to the tree yep. to tighten it with those, um, tongue ducks. Yep. So anyway, um, so as I started shooting, I really started figuring out what I needed to do in order to support myself while shooting those difficult shots. So what works for me, shooting those over the back left shoulder shots straight behind you is I kind of swing around the tree to whatever angle I'm trying to get. And then I support myself with my out, outer side knee. Yep. So that's what I do now if I have to shoot behind me. Or if I have to shoot over my weak side, so my right shoulder, um, straight off the right side of the tree, is I kind of support myself with my outer leg. Because if you try to work your way around and lean on that saddle, it's going to kind of want to push you. You want to swing like a pendulum. So you kind of want to support yourself with the tree. So I felt that really worked. And then the more center of gravity, like these people that, like you said earlier, that take these pictures away from the tree. Yeah. I've done that before to stretch my back or just kind of hang out for a little while to kind of loosen up a different position. But I truly feel like if you want to be very confident and very, very solid, your center of gravity closer to that tree is going to make you that much better of a shot and more sound like when you're shooting. So I try to make sure that I'm, it's close to the tree and it's tied to the, to the tree whenever I know it's getting prime time. Or if a deer comes, I can just slowly just tighten myself up and get in that closer position. Yeah. And being, having that tree between you and the deer allows you to get away with a little bit of movement. 
Um, yeah. But that advice that you gave there is so crucial for everyone to understand is like the proper way to use a saddle is to be as close to that tree as you can, not only for shooting, but for cover. If like yeah. everyone thinks like, oh, maybe I just look like a branch jetting out of the tree. No, you don't. You look like a human hanging from a tree. Like if you can get as close to the tree as you possibly can. And if you run a platform, which you're running a platform, if you're in a small enough tree, there is technically like a lot of people talk about a lot of the pro saddle hunters talk about there's no weak side shot because if you could work yourself around the tree with that platform those platforms take really good side pressure you can shoot on your right side by moving left around the tree it's a little bit tougher but if you're close to the tree your tether is supporting you you have your knee up against the tree and when you draw back when you're drawn you're like I feel really solid pushing yeah. away, pushing my weight into the saddle and on the tree. I, I feel like I'm a better shot in a saddle than I am, say, on my knees or in a lock-on, like, leaning out because you don't have anything to, like, really support yourself. I felt – and that was a, that's a great point, like <clears> – and <throat> I'll just tell you a quick story. Like, I've – you can ask any – like, my buddy Dalton, he he's hunted with me several times, and – uh he says I hang nosebleeder stands when I would hang like when I would hang those lock on stands, I always thought like, let's get as high as possible, get out of vision. Uh, you know, just, I liked being high and up until I'm not kidding until I started saddle hunting and talking to you and other people, like I never realized like, and I started watching certain people like that really were, you know, very, very good saddle hunters that I felt like were, uh, really good. Some of the guys I, I follow and some of the girls, um, there's some really good people that I follow online that really break down some of their saddle hunting and setups. And I, I was a believer in getting as high as possible. I hunted three weeks ago in Maryland and I'm not kidding. I was in a tree six inches in diameter and I was a stick and a half up. I, my stick, my second stick was taller than my platform. And I had deer at four yards and had no idea I was there because I was surrounded by a ton of pine and I had nothing, I had dynamite set up, wind was perfect and my cover was sound. Like there, if there was a deer, it, it had no idea I was there. And I, I really truly believe that with that saddle and that smaller platform that you can really get in some, into some tough situations that you normally couldn't do with a a stand itself or with a, you know, a ladder stand, you try putting a ladder stand in a six inch tree, you're going to look like a, what, what's that saying? A balloon, uh, a balloon on a toothpick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I think um, some people might think that saddle hunting limits you. And I think the possibilities are endless. I think you can get as high as you possibly want or as low as you yep. want. I don't think there's many times where I hunt four sticks high. I don't, I carry four sticks with me, but most of the time I'm three sticks high because that's where the cover is. I'm not right. trying to get above the cover. I'm staying in that cover. And I, I keep, um, I, I either keep like cover right at my head or like right at my leg height. So if I have to shoot over it, I can draw through it, but I am the cup, like I'm in it. And if a deer's trying to look through that, they're not going to pick out a balloon on a right. toothpick. They're just going to see, um, leaves and i'm gonna look like i'm part of the tree so yeah i agree with that um 
Okay. So your first couple, your first couple sits trying to get comfortable. And I know I talked to you through this. What were the, what were the biggest shortcomings that you had or um, what were your biggest fears, your first couple sits uh, hunting out of that saddle? So my first couple uh, times was when I was in Michigan, actually. So that was, um, you know, that was just a, a huge learning curve for me as far as just going in, setting up my saddle in the dark and sitting all day. You know, I, that was my big thing. I was wondering, you know, I could shoot and you know, I was comfortable in the backyard, but I really wondered if I could physically sit all day in that saddle. I didn't know if it was going to be comfortable enough. I've watched videos on how to adjust your bridge and do some different things that made it more comfortable. If you have some, you know, some tightness on your legs or whatever, and your back. So I, I prepared myself for that situation, but actually doing it, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be comfortable enough to sit there all day. And I'm not saying that I can sit in a, you know, a climber or a, a, a lock on stand all day long too. I mean, there's, there's some stands that are, you know, definitely more comfortable, but personally, the way I hunt is I, I don't like to be sitting down very often. So me being able to stand on a platform the whole time was really, really eye-opening for me. Cause I was like, man, this is like how I hunt from a standing standpoint, because I hate sitting because I, in my early years, I got caught way too many times sitting down. And, and you got to think about that when you're sitting down, you're projecting out from the tree. And st- that's why I always like standing up because one, I couldn't, I couldn't get caught off guard because I was standing already ready. And two, I was vertical with the tree and not technically, you know, s- falling away from the tree or, you know, even if I was in a saddle, that's why I like staying close because you're with the tree. So that was something that I felt was really beneficial to me, but getting back on the, on the topic, like that was one thing that was huge for me if I could sit all day. And another thing was I did not feel comfortable shooting off of my weak side. So I was right-handed and the trees in front of you. So when I wanted to shoot over my right side, um, I felt like when I was putting that pressure on my back end of my saddle, I was going to swing around the tree counterclockwise. And I just thought that that, you know, that scared me a little bit, honestly, in the tree until I started just, I put my bow back and I just thought, okay, I'm going to do some practice uh, methods and just go through some things as if, you know, a deer was walking down that path I was set in. And that's, you know, something that, you know, you've talked about and other people have talked about is if you can, if you've hunted a property enough, And you can physically like, even when, if you're walking into a place blind and you see, you know, trails or you're working that downwind side, if you can think of visualize, like what path that deer is going to walk, it doesn't always work out, but you have a good chance of figuring that out. If you really break down terrain features and then actually like look at those paths, like if you can sit there and visualize that, that makes your setup so much easier for you to shoot and also just be more mobile in the tree because if you can sit there and see that before it happens it makes it a lot more comfortable for you so me going in actually my first night in Michigan I struggled with that because I got in a tree and I wasn't sure exactly where these deer were going to walk but when I got set up that's what that was my scare that was when I was scared was off my my weak side so that's where um I had to really really dial that in to make sure I was comfortable with that shot and now you've had um a a few more sits in it 
what do you what do you feel about saddle hunting now and how did you overcome those fears in your mind i think saddle hunting is dynamite i really do i think it is unbelievable from the aspect of being as uh versatile and having i like having a lot of different um tools in your bag and that 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 is super key to me because i can i can get into areas that normally i was like i do not want to walk that far with a stand sticks and a bag on my back and now i can hike a country mile and not care and have a care in the world so i i really and i sat in that thing for four or five days straight from daylight to dark and i'm telling you right now i was not uncomfortable at all um yeah, I will be honest. You have to adjust yourself a couple of times. Like, oh, my legs are getting stiff. I totally um, would tell anyone to buy knee pads. I've seen some people run um, padding on the bottom of their stand and just flip their pad up and then put it on the backside. I'm sure that'd be great. But I would completely um, advise getting knee pads because whenever I would lean up against a tree or try to make an adjustment, uh, there was times where I just drove my knees right into the tree and it relieved a lot of pressure from my legs or my back whenever I was just trying to adjust a little bit. But um, I think I think it's awesome. I think it really is um, a tool that I'll continue to utilize. Um, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping year to year that I can kind of hone in and get my own style because um, there's so many options out there and I'm, I'm learning and trying to try different things uh, throughout the season, but I just don't want to try to do too much while I'm still hunting. So I'm just trying to find what works for me for this year. And then this off season, really try to dial it in even better for myself. Sure. Um, I, I like to hear that. I mean, I'm a big, um, I'm a big proponent for saddle hunting. I think, um, I think everyone should try it. If, if being more mobile is something you want, or if you're, um, not that like, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, I need to shave ounces or I need it to be lighter. But if I can wear a saddle and carry in a three pound platform or carry in a 10 pound tree stand that's big, like I would, I just think it makes much more sense to use the saddle. And my, it's right. just more, it's more efficient. It's on you. And um, the way I like to hunt, if I don't want to get in a tree, I don't have to set my tree stand anywhere. It's, mm -hmm. I'm wearing, I'm wearing it and I don't have to take it off and it's cool. Um, so yeah, I like to hear that. I'm glad that your experience with it has been good because I was, frankly, I was nervous because how against it you were at first. I was like, he's going to hate this. I was just thinking to myself, like, if he goes into this with an open mind, he could really benefit from it. Cause I know the way that you hunt. I know the terrain that you're hunting is not forgiving. It's like, it's harsh stuff. Yeah. Yeah, even when we were in North Dakota, you know, we, you know, we were dealing with those cottonwood trees and they were just absolutely ginormous. And I thought to myself, if I just had, you know, a couple of ratchet traps in a stand, we'd probably be all right. But I think anything dealing with those cottonwoods was ridiculous. But still to that point, as I was just, I still wasn't bought in even in North Dakota, but just the fact that you were capable of being that mobile the entire time was pretty eye-opening for me mm -hmm. um and i think it it just plays into just when you when you're hunting in different states and you're hunting public and you're you're even trying out different you know private pieces that your your friends or family invite you to 
it's always good to have, like, I take that saddle everywhere now because yeah. I know my family and my friends will have set stands that are really good. And that's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll hunt those. If you say there's a, you know, there's a shooter buck coming in here at this spot, like you're going to see a lot of deer. Okay, fine. No big deal. But for me to have that option in my tool belt is so vital for me because for example, when I, when I went to Maryland, like uh, my buddy was like, there's a ton of deer here, but I felt like where his stand was, was a little open and it was not um, super great for me and what, and my style and having cover. So I literally moved 50, 60 yards up the draw and was in a great, great spot. I just think it, it's huge for people that don't have, um, that don't have that option um, of knowing what tree they're going to be in or what kind of terrain feature they're going to be, because it, it literally allows you to get in any spot you want to be in. Um, as long as you're, you know, capable of having an open mind, like you said, to try it out. Yeah. It's not to say that I'll never hunt a permanent set stand. If I hunt a tree a couple of days with that saddle set up and I'm just in dynamite action, why not hang a stand? So you don't have to go hang anything up. But like you said, like you hunt, maybe you hunt a permanent set one night and you see a bunch of activity away. You're not going to take that ladder stand down and move it. Or you're not going to take that set of um, ladder sticks down and move it. You hop in that, you grab your saddle, grab your sticks, hop over there and have a great hunt and kill a deer. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I like that you said um, it's a tool. It's not, um, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you either saddle hunt or you don't know what you're doing. I right. just think saddle hunting should not be overlooked. It should not be something that um, is written off. And if, like I said, if, if you have an open mind and give it a try, it is kind of expensive to uh, get into. It's not like you can just like buy one at Walmart and try it out and see if you like it. There is a big investment, but um, if you do dive in and make that investment and uh, don't end up liking it, people are buying saddle stuff like hotcakes. You can list it on Facebook marketplace in the same day and sell it for just as much as you bought it for. Yeah. And I think honestly, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Because, um, Actually, the other day I try, I'm not going to bash anybody's saddles, but there was a saddle that was on the cheaper end of the market and I tried it on and it was absolutely horrible and it was not comfortable. When you, when you see a saddle that's $130 compared to a saddle that's $250, $300, I promise you it makes a difference. The yeah, coverage on your legs and, and the backside and your back makes a ton of difference instead of just a couple straps that are sitting there holding you in a tree. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, because my first saddle I tried, I did I, I was like, oh, it's all right. I mean, it's cool. And then I got a better saddle and it was had more um more mesh, more support on the back of your legs. And I was like, oh, this is comfortable. So yeah. looking back, that first saddle I had was not comfortable. And then the saddle that I ran last year, the cruiser XC, is freaking dynamite, comfortable. And I'm running the Latitude Method 2 panel saddle right now. Also really comfortable. You, uh, what's your saddle setup right now? What's what's everything look like? So now I'm running the Classic 2 from Latitude Outdoors. Um, really like that saddle just because it doesn't have uh, any metal. It's got an adjustable bridge on the front end. Um, it's got pretty much a clip belt all the way across. It's um, stitched in around your backside. So... Uh, I run two dump pouches, um, on my saddle 
and uh, it's been a dynamite set for me. So I, I thoroughly like that. I was questionable if I wanted to get the extra back brace, but after sitting, uh, maybe when I get older, you know, my back's tired, I'm sure I, I'll want it. But as of right now, I don't feel like I need it. Yeah, I, I, um, I have mine. I have it. And when I hunted in PA this year with Steve Shirk, I threw it on a couple times and I was like, I don't really notice too much of a difference. Like, uh, yeah, it added a little bit more comfortable comfort, but I'm not uncomfortable without it. So it's just another thing that I have to carry. And it's another um, strap that goes through your carabiner. So I don't want all that yeah. stuff in my way. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause if, if a deer comes and you got to make a quick movement, that's just another thing to get caught on. So um, if, if people run it, that's great. Uh, and like, if you mess around with it in the off season and decide that you like it, that's great. But it's not something that I think is an essential piece of gear to be comfortable in a saddle knee pads. Yes. I do think knee pads are an essential piece of gear to be comfortable in a saddle. I'm a sitter more than I am a stander. So I pretty much sit with my knees against the tree the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I get uncomfortable, I'll stand and lean but uh i feel more like compact when i'm sitting and tight to the tree i can almost put my head up against the tree or and i can just like peek out around the tree here and there i'm making real small movements um but yeah i think knee pads even if you're not a a sitter do help uh relieve some some pain or stress that you get from sitting for real long periods of time yeah um do you find it now that you've used it do you find it difficult to shoot to your weak side still no i don't after i went through some practice shots and i really honed in on bracing myself off so shooting off my weak side would be bracing myself with my outside leg which would be my left leg so mm-hmm. with me bracing myself with my left leg and then taking my tethered and tightening myself as close as possible to the tree um i don't feel like that's difficult at all um some setups are different like the setup i had specifically in the one tree in michigan i could not swing around clockwise um to shoot off of my weak side because i had so much cover on my front side you know there so i couldn't do that so that was eliminated there but if like you said earlier if you if you get your setup to the point where you feel like it's hard to shoot off the right side of the tree if you're you know right-handed if you do, you can, I'm not kidding. I, I literally wondered that I can literally pivot both my feet, uh, counterclockwise clockwise all the way around the outside of that platform. And it is, it does not move. Yeah. And, um, you can literally go all the way around the tree, lean around it. I mean, you're not going to get a saddle too often. We did in, in North Dakota, but you're nine times out of 10, you're not going to put a saddle in a tree that's uh 20 foot in diameter. Right. So um, so you can pretty much pivot all the way around there if you need to, um, to shoot. And like we said earlier, you can pivot all the way around there to, uh, get away from that deer. Or, you know, if you see, you know, a doe's kind of looking in that direction, just pivot around there. And get hit. Yeah. yeah. So she walks by you. Um, but it, it really is a game changer as far as being, uh, functional in a tree and more fluid. And I think the the most difficult part for me was learning to shoot off that weak side um and there's some other things that you know have caused some problems for me but i think i'm, I'm dialing in a little bit better each time 
Um, so every, not, not everything's perfect, right? There's always right. something that is not great about a certain thing. What is one thing that you aren't in love with, with saddle hunting? Uh, I would say the one thing I'm not in love with would be the, uh, I'm not in love with taking your bow off and having to move it over the tree. That's fair. Yeah. Over, over I'm not bridge. Yeah. yeah. I have been sitting in the tree thinking I, whoever, I hope somebody listens to this and invents it, but whoever can invent a bow hanger that hangs your bow when you hunt in a saddle, like as it's hanging in a room or something like a rack straight like down. a yes and and it's and it's like hanging like a, a, a like a rack of horns or something like that above oh. you literally you could take it off go to this side of the tree take it off go to that side of the tree i'm yeah. telling you it would be a game changer because i always put my bow hanger on my left side because i'm right-handed so i grab it with my left hand and i i you know if you can swing all the way around the tree it's not as bad but like that that spot in michigan i would have to you know i'd try to stay in cover so you know, normally I have limbs above me and my arrows knocked. So I have to avoid the limbs and then go through and get over there. But, um, that would probably be my biggest, uh, problem with, with saddle hunting would be that right there. How do you feel about self-filming out of the saddle? You're a big buddy. I, I'll you tell film? you, I, yeah, I tell you right now, I don't get paid to do this. I just like, I just like filming because I, one, I like reviewing my shot and seeing how it looks. I can really break that down if something goes wrong. Two, I like filming because I do run a, a YouTube channel and I like um, just doing that kind of thing and editing and and, I, and that aspect. Um, I hate, I'm not a fan yet of filming out of a saddle because I have to put it lower than I am normal because I put it on the same side as my bow. Um, because I try to set my setup up so I know which way the deer's coming. So then I normally try to put it, my bow and everything on the same side that I'm going to shoot that I think I'm going to shoot. So I try to just make sure that my movement is very minimal on my bow arm or my uh, camera arm. So I put it right below my bow. That's my thought on that process. And then if I have to come in between myself and the tree to shoot something on the opposite side, um, that is where I find most difficult because I have necked down my camera arm to the lightest possible thing I could so that, um, it's easier for me to pack in. And yet I'm not carrying around a 10 pound dumbbell in my bag. Sure. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest, um, downfalls that I've seen is self-filming out of a saddle is challenging. Um, but like you said, and I've talked to you about this before is we're not doing this for, um, TV. And right. If, if, if it, if it comes between filling a tag or getting it on film, I'm filling the tag 100 times out of 100 and I'll yeah. film the recovery and I'll tell everyone like, thanks for watching. Appreciate it. Go watch the hunting public or someone. If you want to see, <laughs> uh, kill shots. Yeah. And honestly, what I have actually come up with that might help some people out is I've thought in myself, okay, I've spent the money on a good secondary camera. Okay. So I, you know, I don't run, you know, my a seven three or something like that in a tree. I just, I'm, I don't try to put too much stuff up there with me. So I have taken the thought process out of it and I've put my camera on my left side underneath my bow. So it's easier to film in that aspect. So I'm good, you know, um, anywhere from, 
Exactly. My strong side is awesome. And I've taken my secondary camera and instead of facing myself, I face it off the weak side. Hmm. So that if I can't get my, I will try my hardest to get my camera around in between me to film it. But if I honestly cannot, something fast happens um, and I just can't get it around the tree. I just have my secondary camera. I run a, a GoPro eight and I just run it literally in that direction uh, that, and it's got a wide angle on it. So I feel like even if I can't get my camera around, that will still capture it. Yeah. And if you run that thing and you run that thing in 4k, you can crop in, you can see the deer. Like that's a good, uh, that's a good solution. Yeah. So that's what I have done instead of facing it, you know, clipping it. I've seen people clip them to your tether and face them towards you and everything. That's fine. But I'd rather get the kill shot. And I think, you know, people these days would rather have the kill shot. So I've faced, I've faced my GoPro off the weak side in case something happens in that, in that direction. And I'll kind of like look at it and kind of get it, try to get it in the right area or look on my app and try to make sure it's, it's facing where I think a deer is going to come, but that's, that's my solution as far as running it off my weak side. Yeah, that's smart. Okay. I know we're running close on time. You got to get back to work. So I'm going to ask a couple more questions and we're going to go into some rapid fire questions. They're going to be quick. You'll bang right through them. So what is something you want to change with your setup this off season? I want to change my climbing sticks 150%. Yeah. We've talked about that um, privately off air uh, about a couple different options that you have and we'll continue to dial that in but if you are currently running the hawk helium steps and want something a little bit um more user friendly i guess probably not budget friendly but more user user friendly i would suggest changing from the hawk helium sticks as well i think you'll be a much more efficient and much happier and feel safer uh using a more premium climbing stick yeah, I really do. I'm going to, we'll talk about what, what I think you should give a try, but um, maybe we'll save that um, process for another episode after you go try a bunch of sticks and find what you like. Um, will you continue to saddle hunt? Yes, I, I wholeheartedly think I'll continue to saddle hunt and hopefully dial it into where I'm 90% being a saddle hunter. I think um you know i have my home farm and i have farms that i've hunted for several years that i'll always have my lock-ons like we talked but i've hunted those farms even and seen deer just do different things that you just can't project um closer to later october and second first and second weekend in november those deer do some crazy stuff as far as just um running some different trails and and you just can't predict them like i i I like rut as far as seeing deer and seeing different deer, but my, I really, I do great in early season and I really like late season if I get there just because those deer are way more predictable and I feel like your sets are way more dynamite in that aspect. So I, I think this, the saddle is huge for me in that second week of October to that second, third week in November, because I mean, those deer do some crazy stuff. I was in a hunt last year and those deer, uh, I had a, a lock on stand or my, I had my XOP in a, in a, a, a tree and, um, I had, I had a giant buck in behind me and I took it down sticks and everything, walked over there, put it back up, got back up. And then eventually at the end of the year, I kept moving out farther to where 
you know, they were. And if I could have just got down, took my saddle and walked over there and put it back up, I would have felt more comfortable and it probably made less noise. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that me changing uh, my sticks and, and me dialing in that saddle hunting is going to be huge. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I'm actually surprised. I thought, yeah. um, I thought you'd yeah. use it a couple of times and say, ah, oh, it's all right, but there's nothing like a lock on. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, okay. Let's go through some of these rapid fire questions. Uh, okay. it's, it's November 16th. Next Friday is black Friday. Good time to buy some gear. Uh, what's on your Christmas list as a mobile hunter this year, or what do you think should be, uh, on someone's Christmas list this, this Christmas? My Christmas list is going to be two different stick options that I want to look at. Uh, I want to look at trying and dialing in. I did try them with you and I was very happy with them, but I want to try them more are the uh, B sticks. Um, I really want to try those. And then um, the um, sticks also that I want to try are the um, XOP two-step locking sticks. I think those are interesting. And then I wanted to try those, um, uh, Shakar, uh, sticks. I think those are interesting. I, I just like the two foot pegs. I've tried the lone wolf ones, um, super light, but I just don't like the alternating sticks. I've, I've figured that out. I do yeah. not like that. So I just personally, I don't like them. So I, f I feel the very same way. I don't like an alternating step. I like having two level level steps. Uh, what is one piece of gear that you won't hunt without outside of the essentials to kill? Ooh, my hunter safety system, uh, bow rope. Okay. I, dude, I picked, I picked that thing up this year. I think you run a, a Doyle's bow rope. Yeah. And, uh, I was looking online trying to find out, you know, what I liked. I, like this one the hunter safety system bow rope it's not the quietest thing in the world it is a little less um of a dimension than than yours but it's got a clip uh on the back of it so like i said on that um uh soden uh back Molly. brace on the back of yeah on the back of the um saddles i clip it right in beside my dump pouches yeah. so it stays right there it's quiet it's out of the way it doesn't brush up anything and i can literally uh, walk up the sticks and then literally I can, um, pull my bow up and it's got a little crank that folds out of it and I can just sit there and crank it back up and I'm done. Yep. So I really encourage something to that nature. I, I like that thing. Some type of retractable bow hoist. I like it. Yeah. Even if I wasn't hunting in the saddle, I, I learned to just take a bow rope of some sort with me at all times because you never know if you one you can't find it in the dark or you forgot one or something like that so or it gets all tangled up um yeah yeah what is something you've purchased recently that you thought was going to be pretty awesome that you've been disappointed in saddle related anything anything that you you were like oh man that's not um not what i thought it was Those hawk helium sticks. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I try not to use anything that I don't agree with. Um, but that, those hawk helium sticks are, you know, they were cheap and they're affordable. So at the time, so I literally bought them, but I do not, I do not like them. They scare the living piss out of me every time <laughs> I get, try, I'm telling you, I see you a picture when I was on a tree. They, the bottom, bottoms kicked out and like I'm just sitting there 
And I'm just like, how in the hell am I going to get out of this tree if I can't even get to the next, the next step? But I, I'm not, I'm not a supporter of those. I, I don't, I don't encourage anybody to use those. I don't care if they're cheap or not. Like go sell your life on the corner of a street and buy yourself some expensive sticks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think when it comes to climbing sticks, you get what you pay for, uh, buy once, cry once. Um, yeah. Just bite the bullet and, and do it. You'll be much happier. Uh, fixed blade or mechanical broadheads? I am a mechanical or I'm a fixed guy. Um, I use mechanical forever and I'll never, never use a mechanical broadhead again. Had a little nightmare happen in Ohio. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll not dive into that bad story, but uh, luckily it all worked out, but not like you want. But yeah. uh, no, I think. I think um, as far as engineering and development, I think there are some great mechanical broadheads out there, but uh, you know, I've listened to a lot of people that know what they're talking about. And um, just when you have an object on the end of your arrow that is fixed and not capable of moving and messing up um, from a, you know, mobility standpoint, I think that, you know, fixed is the way to go. I think that those mechanicals make a heck of a hole in a cut if you, you know, cut them right. But that one time that it doesn't, it's uh, it's a nightmare. Sure, I agree. Fixed blade all the way. What's your favorite day to be in the whitetail woods? Specific day or uh, weather? Specific day, like favorite day. Ooh. If you had to pick a day on the calendar, say I'm going to kill a buck that day, what's the day? Oh, September 29th opening day <laughs> buddy <laughs> love those days some deer are dumb yeah you are you're the early early season king um yeah okay last question do you know how much your setup weighs and do you care uh, i have a rough estimate but no i don't care what do you think it weighs i would suggest that my setup weighs around 15 pounds is that with or without camera gear? That is without. So it's a little bit yeah. heavier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably around 25 pounds, probably total camera gear. And I'm talking fluid head, arm, mic, very zoom. Yeah. I would yeah. say 25. Yeah. Which yeah. if you, if you had that XOP vanish hawk helium sticks, you're talking more like 40 pounds at that point. Yeah, and I don't mind that. I'm in I'm in good shape enough to where I can do that, but I just don't want to have to pack. I'd I'd rather have. I don't care if something weighs. And I'm just I'm just saying this. If it if it's between a debate of something that weighs 15 pounds or 25 pounds, but the 25 pounds is so much more compact and easier for me to take in, I will 100% choose a 25 because. I just like something and that's what I'm trying to fix myself is like my backpack is not suitable for me saddle hunting. Like I want to be able to pack my sticks a lot better and I want to be able to carry my camera gear in there a lot better. Um, my pack is just not made for that. So that's, if it, like I said, weight is not a, a big deal to me. Now, if it was 50 pounds compared to 20 pounds, I would probably think differently, but 10 pounds, if it's more compactable, I will take the more heavier load because it is just more efficient for me getting up and down those trees. Yep. That's the, that's the key word efficiency. That's uh like, that's, that's my goal. I hope everyone 
uh, can become more efficient. Cause like I said, if, when you're more efficient, you fill more tags. All right, Trey. Well, I know you got to get back to work. I do too. I, I want to thank you for coming on. I uh, appreciate all the support you've given me over the years. And I really value our friendship. If anyone has any questions for you or wants to check out what you're doing on YouTube, uh, you got some time to plug what you got going on. Yeah. If uh, anyone wants to reach out to me, personal handle is Trey, T-R-E, no Y, underscore Kearns, K-E-R-N-S. And uh, if you want to check us out on uh, Instagram, uh, outdoor page slash uh, YouTube, then you can just check out the release outdoors. Um, that's our page. So if you guys uh, want to check us out or just have any questions on uh, me going into more details about anything, I'd be more than happy to help anybody out. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, buddy.